following are the words of Noel DiGirolamo, president of the Suffolk County Police Benevolent Association. Police officers are already being targeted for assassination. Releasing their personal information to criminals will only further endanger them. Stand with law enforcement. Defend the police. The following radio show is live, except for the announcement you're hearing right now. Welcome back to Your Island Live with your host, Tom Shalero on 103.9 LI News Radio. And once again, welcome back as we're moving right along, talking about the cloud over Albany, the cloud over our governor, and how long many of us have been talking about the disservice in state government, but many of us feel that we cannot have done too much about it, and there's not much that we can do. But this might be a different situation, folks. Many of us have felt that we needed at least a two-party system and how important that would have been for Democrats and Republicans to work together in Albany. That has not happened, particularly after the election about three years ago when the New York State Senate fell uh, to the Democrats, and we saw uh, some of the results of that. Now, I am honored to tell you the truth. We have the New York State Republican chairman on the line right now, Nick Langworthy. I want to thank Doug Smith for that. And by the way, Doug is parking his car. It's snowing out, and he's coming into the studio, and he'll be with us in just just minutes. But I want to say hello to uh, Nick Langworthy, the chairperson, New York State Republican Party. Nick, how are you, my friend? I am doing very well. Thanks for having me on today. You know, Nick, um, I have said this. I don't think the Republicans are going to take the state assembly ever. I think it's a kind of a long shot to take the state Senate. I know you've been trying real hard. But there's an opportunity here. And we all know that offices can switch when you have scandal or you have malfeasance in government and you have arrogance in government, lack of transparency. Do you see an opportunity here, Nick Langworthy? Well, absolutely. And I ran for state chairman back in 2019. And at that point, I said, my eyes are firmly planted on 2022 because the only way for us to change New York is to change governors of the state of New York. I mean, I wish we had the Senate back. It wasn't meant to be in the last election. Uh, But it really, you know, it would only slow down their radical agenda uh, to have the majority back. The way to change the governing agenda of this state is through the executive branch. And, and my hope is, you know, we're a dark blue state. We need to be like our, our friends in Maryland and Vermont and Illinois uh, and elect Republican governors. And, and I believe that with, with the legislature in Democratic hands, with their overarching reach, um, you know, even before all the things that I'm, I'm sure we're going to discuss now, uh, that governor's mansion is what's going to swing back and forth. And Andrew Cuomo has passed his expiration date. Uh, it is time for new leadership in Albany, and we are going to provide it for And we're hearing some of the arrogance and the insulting that he's doing to some members of his own party. This is not we in the great state of New York, the Empire State. We don't expect this. This is not what we want. People want good government. They want honest government, government with integrity. Now, in the chair, he made it through the snow. Is The great assemblyman, one of our senior contributors to our program, uh, is uh, with us right now, Doug Smith. Doug, how are you? It is so good to be here with you, Tom, and and with you as well, Nick, our our state Republican chairman. I I can tell you, uh, on Long Island, we still haven't gotten snow uh, maintenance down like you guys have in western New York. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to send you some Buffalo snow tires, my friend. (laughs) uh, 
you know, we, uh, we're a little more accustomed to it than you, but uh, I, I think that you guys have had a little more than us this year, which is strange. It's strange. It's strange out there. So the roads are, uh, you know, being plowed at the moment. So anybody listening, just be careful on your commute. To make, to let's, let, well, we want to make government good in New York State. And I know Nick has been working hard at that since 2019. The, Doug, you do the same thing. Um, your thoughts, on, we'll start with Doug and then we'll go right back to Nick. Doug, your thoughts on how that can happen. Can there be a, uh, a Republican governor in New York State? Well, we're, we're certainly going to make sure that that happens next time around, and we're going to make sure that uh, everyone across the state can get good government. We see it here at the local level on Long Island. You know, laughing, joking aside, but uh, our towns and the ca- uh, our townships are a perfect example. They're fiscally responsible. They do manage things like paving the roads and plowing the snow, uh, and they are good uh, stewards of the taxpayer's dollar. Uh, but, I mean, right now, these earth-shattering uh, corruption charges against the governor are incredible. And it's something that I, I don't think anyone in government doubts this for a second, that he would call up a member of the state assembly and threaten them. Uh, that's something that's very concerning. I want to talk a bit about that. So, Nick, what's on the agenda now? You look like you're going to have some busy times in the months and right up to 2022, years ahead. Well, what, what are you planning? Well, I, I have flat out called for this governor's impeachment uh, because I, I think that we have... Uh, basically an admission of obstruction of justice by his chief of staff. Um, you know, we have that report by Kish James, and I pray that she continues to have the courage to be independent, to use her office for uh, the investigative powers that it has, and that we'll get some facts here. But subpoenas have to start flying. If we're going to get answers, and we're going to get justice for these families of senior citizens that lost their life in these nursing homes due to this executive order and the governor's, uh, you know, is on his stationery, signed by his pen on his desk. It's his decision that he'll he'll accept zero accountability for. And, uh, you know, we need to have subpoenas to say, you know, really get to the core of this matter. Why was that terrible decision made? It defies all common sense. None of the three of us could come to the conclusion that it would have been a good idea to put the COVID-positive seniors into the nursing home, the most vulnerable New Yorkers that there are, uh, so that they all could be infected with that uh, this terrible uh, virus. You have uh, a governor that made that decision, and I think you got to follow the money. I mean, you know, who stood the game? You know, there, at, the, at the core of this, there has to be an aha moment. It, you know, was it someone like the Greater New York Hospital Association that stood the game by some, you know, financial game that we don't understand? Uh, you know, certainly his their lobbyist happens to be Melissa DeRose's father. Uh, and they gave over a million bucks to Andrew Cuomo's war chest in the last calendar year. There's so many of these facts out there that are inconvenient for Andrew Cuomo. But, you know, what I saw when he did to Ron Kim yesterday, Assemblyman Ron Kim, it is, it is a disgrace. I mean, it, it, it leads me to believe that Andrew Cuomo is, is no longer fit uh, to serve uh, as governor of this state. And I hope that when uh, uh, Assemblyman Smith and his colleagues go back to Albany next week, that we're going to see some articles of impeachment show up because uh, it's not enough to talk about emergency power. That, that ship has failed. I mean, that should have happened six months ago. They should have removed those powers, and they're going to sunset at the end of April anyway. This has no punitive uh, purpose uh, in the matter of the nursing homes. They're totally separate matters. 
he needs to be stripped of those powers because it's the right thing to do to give the representative democracy back to New York taxpayers again. And, and there was a time that his balloon was just sailing upwards and that they were calling him the greatest governor that ever walked the face of the planet uh, back in the early days of the COVID. When that uh, nursing home policy was even in effect. You know, how many people, I, I know you you know many, uh, Nick and, and you too, Doug, how many people that have contacted you that lost their parents and grandparents in these nursing homes? There was just so many out there. I think the number was over 15,000. If anything, we need to seek to them uh, an explanation. And again, that's not happening when you cover up information, when you're not as transparent. Doug, uh, on, on what Nick is saying, uh, do you see any movement for an actual drawing up of articles of impeachment? Uh, I do, and actually it's not coming from uh, where you would expect it. It's actually coming from members of the Democratic Party in the Assembly. Uh, I have here, and I'll read it in the next segment when we have a little bit more time, but I received a letter along with every one of my colleagues in the Assembly from uh, nine Democrat Assembly members, essentially calling for that, explaining that uh, the governor has abused his power and that uh, they have actively worked to obstruct justice, that they uh, held this secret meeting just uh, just a week ago to ask top Democratic lawmakers to be complicit in their covering up of this terrible situation. Uh, I, I will say I'm happy that my, my uh, colleagues did not uh, go for that and did not uh, and were as outraged as we were uh, on many of the counts, although a tra a full transcript was just released of that secret meeting. And I think it's certainly troubling to see that many of them were more concerned about their reelection campaigns than the thousands of New Yorkers uh, who died in nursing homes. And this is something, you know, Tom, we've talked about on your program since last March, this order on March 25th that every nursing home must accept COVID positive patients and could not test them. It's devastating. And we knew it then. And now uh, we've seen the, the outcome of that, and it's just, it, it's devastating. Nick, we just had uh, Frank McKay on, the uh, state chair of the Independence Party, and Frank made a good point that uh, organizations like CNN that would love love the Cuomos. Now, apparently, they had uh, this, they stifling uh, the brother in his, uh, in his, TV, pro in his uh, TV program not to talk about this case. And they're going after the governor, CNN. I've, I've watched many different stories, including actually the story about Assemblyman Kim. Um, do you see, I know it's a tough question, but do you see the fact that Cuomo won't be your opponent in 2024? He won't run for re-election because of all of this? Well, he got nowhere to go. I mean, and, and no one's had an ego this big in the history of New York State government. Um, I, I am. I, I relish the opportunity to uh, run the campaign against Andrew Cuomo directly. Uh, if it's not him, so be it. But uh, this is about justice. I mean, we, we, we are focused on 2022, but the purpose behind my actions, and I know many others, is um, about doing the right thing. Uh, and that's it's, it's so troubling when you read that transcript and you see some of these senators and assembly members just worried about their own uh, hide in, in, in this. And it, it just it turns your stomach because this governor predicated this whole narrative. He created this whole fantasy with these briefings, hours long. He, he thought he had a show uh, that he, he put on and that he was the hero of COVID-19. He... He thought he was giving FDR's fireside chat. And you know what? A lot of us gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I, I even laid off the politics for a few months because New Yorkers were suffering. But this, this endless charade, and then for him to write a book in the middle of it, 
declaring himself a hero. That's the dangerous thing. You want other people to call you a hero. You don't want to call yourself a hero. Because now we know it was a work of fiction. And the whole narrative is a work of fiction. He's done a terrible job in this. He's killed uh, the most people in nursing homes by his own decisions. He's killed the most businesses of any state in America. New York still has the highest death rate, the highest uh, death count of any state in America. How is this heroic action? How has he, uh, you know, separated himself from the rest other than, you know, through his golden tongue and those, those, those long, bloviating, you know, press briefings and then sitting on TV with his brother talking about meatballs and mom. Uh, yeah, that was, that was cute, but this is real. And, and we really have families that are demanding justice. New York taxpayers should demand justice. Uh, I, I mean, to see how your government is being run by a bully governor who's willing to berate and harass an independently elected lawmaker like that on the phone, this is 2021. You don't get to talk to people like that, threatening to destroy someone. You know, that, that going on television and, 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 and ripping the guy apart and, and trying to hurt his integrity and credibility. I mean... Assemblyman Kim is an advocate in this situation because he lost a loved one. He's paid the price that so many families have paid in this state, losing a loved one. And those people died alone. They died without the warm, caring love of, of someone that they cared about while they had their dying breath. And it's because the governor sent them into those nursing homes where they couldn't be with anybody. Yeah. If you're just joining us, um, you're hearing uh, Nick Langworthy. He's the chairperson of the state Republican Party. We're talking about the uh, scandal and the uh, winds of corruption surrounding the governor. The fact that the Brooklyn DA is now looking into this. The FBI is now looking into this. And, of course, we got the great Doug Smith with us, too. Uh, Nick, as you start to become more involved and and bringing good government back uh, to um, to, to New York State in regard to a candidate for governor. Anybody come to mind that could raise the money, have the name recognition? Because it's not going to be done based on an issue alone. It has to be done by the alternative to at least putting New York back in the sunshine again. Well, I, I have been working day and night at this uh, for, for quite some time. And, and we are casting the widest possible net. People that are in office, People that have never been in office before, you know, the private sector, the public sector, everything's on the table. You know, names you know, names you don't know. I mean, I, you know, there's there's uh, always speculation of, of sitting office holders. I mean, uh, people like uh, our members of our federal delegation and, you know, Congresswoman Lee Stefanik or Congressman Tom Reed or, you know, perhaps Congressman Lee Zeldin. I mean, those are all excellent candidates. But everything is on the table. We want to find the best candidate that can go and put the, the pieces together and win this race. Because we need a governing agenda that will liberate the taxpayers of the state of New York. Uh, and uh, we are very focused on that. You know, the people have put names out there like Janice Dean, you know, someone that we've come to know from Fox News, uh, you know, a senior personality on Fox News that's been out there as the advocate for other families. She, she lost two loved ones to this crisis. She's been out there on virtually every news program, and, and I give her so much credit for this being on the front pages. 
because without Janice's advocacy, I don't think we'd be in this position today. Taking a forefront in that, too. All of this uh, I, it brings to light where we're at right now, and I think that's uh, it's, it's almost a sad t- a testimony. Doug, do you think there'll be a different flavor in the next few weeks up in the legislature, knowing that the governor is under fire? I think in the next few days, I mean, we're already seeing back-to-back meetings between the Republicans and the Democrats, and everyone is talking about this. This is the issue that uh, is not going away anytime soon, and I'm wondering, you know, I'll be heading back up to our uh, Capitol in Albany on Sunday night. Um, and it's unclear what's going to be happening next week because I think this puts everything at a standstill. I think at this moment it is impossible to take this governor seriously. I think in terms of a vote of no confidence, uh, no one believes no one believes the governor when he says that he did not call up uh, Assemblyman Kim and threaten him. And you know I feel for Assemblyman Ron Kim's wife. You know I know Ron is an assembly a fellow assemblyman, nice guy. Um, he stands on principle. You know we don't always agree on things, but. But his wife turned around, and what she said is they were laying in bed after that phone call so stressed out. And she looked and said, Ron, what have you gotten us into? And I have to tell you this. I've had those same conversations with my wife when when you take on tough issues. Now, with me, it's talking about MS-13 and gangs that are killing people in the community. You know, your spouse looks at you and says, you know what, are you too out in front on this? So... I mean, they were. His family was fearful that this governor was going to not only destroy him career-wise and politically, but personally come after him. And that's what we're seeing unfold. It's very uh, dark. And I want to finish up with Nick. We have a few minutes left. Uh, Nick, uh, many people have said, "Well, the Republican Party in New York State is an afterthought. It doesn't matter. Governor can, Governor Cuomo could do whatever he wants. It'll just be another Democrat that will replace him, albeit in a primary or somebody who uh, presents some of those far left, no bail program type of governor, and so on." What do you say to them? Well, I, I think they're mistaken, <clears throat> and you know, New Yorkers want two-party government. Uh, we have um, a, a tremendous opportunity ahead of us. As, as government all sits in the hands of Democrats from the White House right down to the county executive, uh, as it looks in Suffolk County, uh, we are going to present an alternative agenda. We are going to present an alternative uh, to the taxpayers that, that can help free New York. Because uh, what I hear at every level is, You know, we're lacking the same freedoms that people in other parts of the country enjoy. And that's why we're losing so many of the taxpayers to places like Florida. We have economic uh, freedom. You know, our tax uh, structure is far too high. Uh, It costs too much to be a New Yorker uh, versus other parts of the country. You know, we have uh, personal freedoms uh, have been infringed on like never before with these needless COVID restrictions that the governor has basically arbitrarily put on the businesses that have just crushed and killed so many people's American dreams. Uh, and that's, that's what is going to be on the ballot in 21 and 22. And New York Republicans are going to pave the way forward, putting candidates forward that you can believe in, that you can trust, and you can be proud to support. And that will always have the taxpayers back. That I promise you. And, and I think I can agree with that. If I could just jump in for a minute. Besides the high taxes and the uh, limited freedom that we seem to have here, we also have a deep corruption tax. And you're seeing that when the governor's picking winners and losers. And there's a big tax uh, implication. You know, we, we call it a corruption tax, but uh, it's driving people out of New York to uh, greener pastures, as they see. Once again, once again uh, Nick Langworthy, chairperson of the State Republican Party. N- uh, Nick, thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure we're going to bring you back. This is not going away. And I think the, uh, the people here, in, uh, particularly here on Long Island, just want a good government. And I want to hear what you have to say. And I, I appreciate it very much you coming on. Thanks.
for having me. I appreciate it and look forward to coming back soon. Pleasure. And uh, we're going to take a short break. I'm your host, Tom Chalera. I am with Doug Smith. Uh, looks like we may be hearing from the Assembly Minority Leader about all of what's going on. This is a big story, folks. This may mean a possible change in the governor's office. We'll be right back. We'll take some calls, too. We'll be right back. Radio show everyone loves. Do not attempt to change the station. Just listen, and we'll keep broroadcasting. It's time to begin the show. 1039 LI News Radio presents Your Island, the very best in talk radio, with your host, Tom Shalero. And once again, welcome back. This segment of our program is being brought to you by the Suffolk County Police Benevolent Association, the PBA. It serves to support law enforcement, participate in special events and programs, all designed to help protect our community. They care about you and keeping us all safe. From the anti-drinking and driving campaigns to protecting our children with education on the Megan's Law. The PBA promotes a great relationship between the police and the people it's want to serve. Suffolk County is one of the safest counties in the country, and the PBA takes pride in its strong belief in our security. They have honored our fallen heroes who contribute greatly to our suburban way of life. Need to know more? Go right to that website www.subcountypba.org. No DiGirolamo. President, hot topic, folks. We're getting the borders lining up. We're going to get to everybody's phone call. We're talking about the scandal evolving uh, around the governor of the great state of New York, uh, Andy Cuomo. Did he withhold information? Did he obstruct justice? The FBI is now looking into it, scrutinizing some of those records, as well as the Brooklyn District Attorney. I have the great Doug Smith. With us, we just heard from Nick Langworthy uh, over there at the uh, chairperson of the state Republican Party calling in from the uh, Buffalo area of New York. And we're going to be hearing a little bit in a little while from Will Barkley. He heads up the Republicans in the New York State Assembly, the Assembly Minority Leader. But let's get to everybody's call. I just want to get Doug back into this real quick. Doug, hot topic. What a hot topic. And the phones are lighting up. So I have some interesting stuff to drop, but I don't know if you want to take some phone calls. Yeah, let's take some calls, and we'll do a little bit of both. We've got, uh, is that Marion or Marion on the line? It's Marion. Marion. Okay, Marion, you're on the line. Yeah, so I just would like everybody, the listeners out there, to think about this for a minute. Remember the time where all of America came together and we united as one, when 9-11 happened? In 9-11, there was about, what, 3,000-plus people who died on a single day. And then many more to come with illnesses and everything when those people were told it was okay to go down there. And now we're going to look right here in our own state of New York again, New York again, where now we have 15,000-plus people who died as a result of one man's decision, who he tried to hide that decision to put people with COVID into what we all knew, even as an average citizen, were the most vulnerable, our elderly population. And in doing so, resulted in just that number we have now. But I would like to have this study go further. I would like to see how many of the staff did get it from those people. 
How many gave it to other people on the outside? And how many other states followed in shutting down? People died from suicide because we closed their businesses. Kids couldn't go to school because of this man's arrogance. And, you know, people... Wait to about a minute or so because of uh, the fact we got a lot of phone calls. Let me, let me keep everybody about that. But you're right. I mean, you're defining what the problem is. The, the tragedy is the governor will not take responsibility. He says, well, you know, uh, there was a couple of things we could have done different, but that's not enough. Let me get to some other calls. I want to get to everybody. we got Doug Smith. We're going to be talking to Will Barkley in a little while. Go ahead, Joe. You're on the air. Joe, we can't really hear you. Yeah, Joe, we don't hear you. Joe, call back, call back. Let me get to the uh, other Joe from Brookhaven. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe, you're on the air. Hello? Yeah, Joe, you're on the air. Oh, this is that dude, the other Joe. He said the other, hi, how is everybody? Listen, yeah, good, good. Uh, the lobbying firm, uh, somebody mentioned it, I think Frank McKay. Uh, the great, and uh, uh, Nick Langworthy, the Greater New York Hospital Association, that was a lobbying group, right? Bolton St. John's is a lobbying firm who I think works for her father, DeRosa, Melissa DeRosa, Como's chief of staff, who blew the whistle here. It, it's uh, her brother, Joseph, and Jessica. Now, I want to plug the guard. It was the Guardian, May 26, 2020, Guardian.com, because I read this the other day, and I said, holy, this guy, David Serrata, I hope you can get him on, Tom. He lays this out. People have to go to this. It's all laid out in there. And don't forget, Como had uh, his own health department. Howard Duck investigated this. Remember the Kobe death? And he said, oh, nothing to see here. So I want to know what Steve Ballone knew about this. And what conversations did he have, our county executive, with Como about this march? Did he challenge his order like the rest of us when we found out? And I still say... Uh, Long Island News, Tom Shaviru and Jay Oliver were way out of front of Janice Dean and God rest all the people who died. But you guys broke it and stayed on it way back when, before Michael Goodwin in New York Post, because I was on air speaking with you personally, Tom. I remember this. And this is worse than Elliot Spitzer, who had a sex scandal. This man needs to resign. And this is worse, uh, Joe, I think you would agree. It's Doug Smith again. Uh, I think you would agree this is worse than uh, some bridge being shut down in New Jersey as well. You know, So this is, this is damaging stuff. And to what, to what you're pointing out, uh, and Assemblyman Ron Kim, we talked about in the last segment, who was threatened by the governor. Now, he's put out a response, and he's alleging. Uh, now, he's connecting some dots. I don't know. I wouldn't, you know. But he, he came out, and he's saying that some of these special interest groups got the governor to put language in the budget that actually protects uh, nursing homes and hospitals and facilities uh, from uh, being sued. So that's something that is being uh, at least put out in the open. But, uh, you know, we'll see on that. I'm working, uh, at this moment, I'm looking at the fact that he's trying to obstruct justice and and again be very interested to see i know we'll have you calling on next week when you're up there to see what uh, elements of movement towards any sort of impeachment and so on anthony from coron gab anthony uh yeah uh justice is uh is always good to see however i'm a little bit concerned as to why the dens are doing that uh here's my take on it uh, biden's gonna fail uh with his policies on the covid and all his promises. They need a fall guy, almost the fall guy. Now, he deserves what he gets, okay? Because a year ago, I sent documentation to various newspapers, and nobody covered it, okay? Hospitals released 
in our area here in Brookhaven, released detox patients onto the street and had their staff people ready to service COVID uh, patients. But they never brought the COVID patients into the hospital. That's number one. Number two is I know personally people who worked in nursing homes, okay, had no PPE, no masks. They were told to reuse the masks. That has to come from the top down. He's responsible for that, too, just not the hospitals alone, okay? And if somebody would canvas our area hospitals here, St. Charles, Mather, you'll find a lot of people left those hospitals because of mismanagement at the governor's level. And I mean, I have to say, to to jump in on that, I mean, something that I've always gone by, just a a little thing, is if something doesn't make sense, it's usually not true. So I've been wondering this entire time. So when this March 25th order came in, uh, making sure and, and, and making it so that nursing homes could not test uh, patients for COVID-19 and that they could not deny them entry for COVID-19. And then months later, we had a hearing and the very nursing home owners were turning around and not laying any blame on the state. That ra- raised a huge red flag in my mind because I'm sitting here saying, wait a second, everybody who represents the nursing homes and long-term care facilities is heaping praise on the state of New York when we clearly have in black and white this order saying that this is where what you were being forced to to take. And when you talk about the PPE as well, I mean, that was something that Again, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic and there are concerns, but I, I want some truth. I want somebody from the governor's administration to say, we wanted the hospitals to be clear, so we put uh, patients into these nursing homes thinking that they would receive some type of care. But, uh, you know, and again, that's wrong thinking. That's disastrous thinking. But at least come out and apologize for that. But instead, we see this massive cover-up. And now we find that uh, they're concealing information from the Department of Justice. It's very disgusting and disturbing. Okay. We're going to get to everybody's phone call. Give, uh, I want to give everybody about a minute or so. Let's take Joe first. Joe, I think we got you back on again. Joe from Brookhaven. All right, Tommy. You got me, Tommy. Yeah, we got you. We got, got you. Got me? All right. Hey, yep. Tom, happy birthday, by the way, from the other day. Yeah, listen. Uh, when I say uh, don't cry, um, because I know you got a big heart. My mother-in-law used to go to nursing home every single day, and I used to feed her, okay, and take care of her, and she had a big smile when I came, okay? When COVID came, they locked us out of it. We couldn't do anything. It was a disgrace, total disgrace. Before that, just before COVID, though, somebody in the nursing home actually, she broke her leg like in 19 places. We had a, a surgeon... Nobody wanted to take it, and he told us that it was done by somebody with 19 pounds of pressure done that to a lake. So forget that. That was another issue, too. Anyway, couldn't see her. We had a phone call with her, okay? You know, Zoom thing, whatever, the day we were supposed to talk to her after months went by. Finally, they let us do that. And what happened was they went in the room to go get her, and she was dead. They said she died of COVID. I mean, these people don't understand how bad it was. I was there all the time, in and out. And they were bringing people in and out and out of nursing homes. It was a disgrace. And you can't tell me if it was another governor that was on the right that was running the state, he already be in handcuffs and put in jail already. It's just amazing. And I'm hoping and praying that actually something actually comes at us, but I'm not keeping my hopes up. Yeah. Uh, an incredible, incredible uh, event in your life, and sorry to hear that. It's just uh, incredible when, when we think about it. There's a human element to this issue, and that's where my anger comes. And, Joe, you are telling us about that human element. This is not just somebody taking money under the envelope. We're talking about the life and death of some great people. 
And that's the that's the and, tough thing. And Tom and and you know the governor the other day in his comments talked about this void. He said that this because his administration neglected to share any information that's been requested for months that this created a void and that he said was being filled with conspiracy theorists. But I have to say, uh, the fact is, if I had a loved one in a nursing home during this time who died. Yeah, it does beg the question of did they have to die? You know, did yeah. this order that made no mm. sense kill my relative? That's where right, these folks right. are coming from. Right. And, you know, again, to hear the story that Joe, Joe just stated, just uh, again, if I was this governor, I would own up to any mistakes that we made and apologize and leave yourself at the mercy of the people. I agree. If the people say resign, then resign. Because you're not a good governor. It's like that stupid mayor that we have where people are dying in the streets because of increased crime rates. This is something different than that. But it still is serious. Nelson in Miller Place. Nelson, what say you? Hey, Tom. How you doing? I just want to know what the hell's going on with my country and my state. And I'd like to welcome Andrew Cuomo to the post-Trump era. Um, yeah. the, the thing that really bothers me is that this guy got a free pass because he was anti-Trump. Where was the press? Where are the deep diggers? Where are the people who want to go after facts and stories and find out what and get to the bottom of the real problem here? Um, I, I heard he took a lot of money from special interest groups, which uh, led him to do these, these uh, putting these people back in the nursing homes. You know, if you go into a public building, if you go into the courts or anything else, you have to answer questions about COVID, and you have to have your temperature taken before they even let you in. And they just blindly put these people back into a nursing to home. To get your hair cut, you have to do that as well. Yeah, it's, in, it's insane what you have to do, but government always protects themselves. The one thing I found out, government doesn't do anything well. And politicians, they don't, they're always uh, reactive. They're never proactive. They never have a plan before something bad happens. And that's what we choose them to do. And why do we keep blindly voting for these people and just along party lines? Why is it that anytime government does something, people don't know, don't ask, well, why are you doing this? Why is this going on? Why are there no checks and balances anymore? And and you know, I just can't take it. You know, you have Billy Joe coming out praising this guy. Now I know he's the godfather of your kids, Billy. But you said all these great, wonderful things about him. But he's basically a murderer. He's he's the biggest mass murderer in history. You know, again, how far this thing is going to go, we'll have to see how the legislature uh, deals with it. Of course, Doug Smith, too, is going to keep us in place. Nelson, thank you. Let me get to some other. Go ahead, uh, uh, well, go even ahead, to Nelson's point, the fact is obstruction of justice is a crime. And if you look at the statute that talks about impeachment of a governor in New York, it's not actually that high of a burden. You're not looking at high crimes and misdemeanors. You know, you're looking at um, a, a much lower standard of, of evidence. So uh, and. Well, after the next call, I have uh, I want to read a letter from nine of my Assembly Democrat colleagues uh, compelling all of us to join together and fight against this, and I think it's very damaging. I, I, I want to get that out there. Let's hear from Vinny and then Brian, and then we'll hold calls for a little while. Go ahead, Vinny. Look, look, first of all, Democrats don't take responsibility for anything. It's not in their DNA. Okay, what's going on in this country, I was just listening to the last call, uh, it's, just, it's just amazing. You got the, the Manchurian president and his just despicable running mate saying, well, you know, there were no vaccines when we started, you know, when we came on board. And there's an image of him getting this vaccine in December. OK, that's one point. The other point is the U.S. comfort sat empty. And this governor on I, I don't know what the day was. It might think it was March 20th or something. He ordered these covid patients into the nursing homes and hospitals. And then he throws under the bus who he referred to as essential workers 
and said they brought the uh, virus into the hospitals. He is disgusting. And the other point I wanted to make is this this moron, this 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 grim reaper of, of a governor. He was manufactured by the corporate media. The media put him up on a, on a pedestal and said, "There's our guy. There's the Trump hater." That's the guy, okay? The guy who said America was never great. We love him. Give him, uh, give him an Emmy because he is awesome. He is the slayer of uh, COVID. It, it just makes me sick, Tom. Which, which by the way, yeah. a number of us in the legislature have now asked the uh, Academy to take back the Emmy. So we'll, we'll see on that one. I love it. Uh, Brian, can give you about a minute or so. Brian, give you about a minute or so. And then I want to hear uh, Doug uh, read that letter from other members. Get, get Brian. That's all right, Tom. I'm a little busy, so I'm going to be real quick. I, I just... Um, I found it really peculiar when I listened to uh, Cuomo, Cuomo's press conference. And now, mind you, I gave him a lot of uh, leeway when, when this all went down. I really listened to him, and, I, and I, I wanted to see that he was being genuine and trying to do the job the best he could. But when, when he came out and said, these people are dead, who's going to who, be at fault for this? No one. No one can be charged for this. No one's going to be responsible for this. It's... It, it's God. It, it, it's a natural, it, you know, it, you know, it, it, it would have been funny if he would have, uh, you know, maybe blamed China, but he didn't. But the fact that he, he, he just came out and said that, it, it was peculiar to me, almost like, you know, well, what are you talking about? Well, what happened? What's going on? And now we're seeing it. We're seeing that, you know, maybe he's responsible. I would just like to see some honesty, to be honest. As a legislator who also represents the people, I want to see the apology. I want to see uh, him admit that, you know what, at the time with the information we had, we made a bad decision. But unfortunately, there's clearly a lot more to this, and that's being uncovered right now. Because if it was as simple as that, he could admit that, but he can't. Doug, you say you have a letter from your colleague. I do. So, so the letter from so I received this letter along with every member of the New York State Assembly, Republican and Democrat, on February sixteenth. So we're talking about on Tuesday, from Assemblyman Ron Kim and nine other Assembly members, Assembly Democrats, and also one of our Senate uh, Democrats. That says, "Dear colleagues, by now you have already seen the news of Governor Cuomo's staff openly conceding that the omission of nursing home COVID nineteen deaths data, now surpassing fifteen thousand, nearly a year into this pandemic, were deliberately covered up by his administration in an attempt." Attempt to circumvent the United States Department of Justice probe, and despite a joint hearing held by the state legislature last August, in which representatives of the Cuomo administration were compelled to testify and answer crucial questions to our body, it is now unambiguously clear that this governor is engaged in an intentional obstruction of justice, as outlined in Title 18, Chapter 73 in the United States Code. In response to this criminal abuse of power, Assemblyman Ron Kim and Senator Biaggi are introducing a bill to repeal the amendments of to the executive law that were passed by this legislature one year ago, codified in Chapter 23 of the Laws of 2020, that expanded the governor's authority to unilaterally suspend entire state statutes in response to an impending state emergency. This is a necessary first step in beginning to right the criminal wrongs of this governor and his administration. Most consequently, if this legislature fails to take collective action in stripping the governor of his emergency powers and engage in additional measures to seek the realization of justice, including overriding an eventual executive veto and potentially the commencement of impeachment proceedings against Governor Cuomo per the powers vested in the assembly as articulated
promulgated in Article 6, Section 24 of the state constitution, then we too shall be complicit, along with this administration, in obstruction of justice and conscious omission of nursing home deaths data. We implore you to set aside any concerns of loyalty or disloyalty to this governor or that this matter is politicized. We must absolutely consider above all the sanctity of the democratic institution that we call the legislature of the state of New York and resolutely pursue justice in the face of an executive who we can say without hesitation has engaged in intentional criminal wrongdoing. That's signed on by nine of my Democratic colleagues. That's amazing. I mean, and I want to underscore the facts. Those are Democrats that are saying that. How far does the legs of this movement, of an impeachment movement, have? Would there be enough votes? And what's needed? Is it just a simple majority in the Assembly? In the Assembly, we would need 76 out of 150 votes, so that's a simple majority. Um, I mean, now it's, it's, it's tough to say because it's changing by the day, and I'm not going to pretend to be a political prognosticator and count the votes of what, what exists. But uh, And then in the State Senate, we would also need a two-thirds vote. So, I mean, a lot is resting on Speaker Hasty and uh, Majority Leader Stuart Cousins now um, to see what, where their conference is. And then the governorship, if it was to happen, then we'd go to the lieutenant governor? That's right. That the lieutenant governor would become governor if the governor's impeached. There would be no special election. Uh, amazing. Just absolutely amazing. We're going to take a short break. I'm with the great Doug Smith, uh, one of our senior contributors, New York State Assemblyman. When we get back, we are going to hear from the minority leader of the New York State uh, Assembly. And uh, look at that a lot of different ways. Uh, Will Barkley will be right back. Following are the words of Noel DiGirolamo, president of the Suffolk County Police Benevolent Association. Police officers are already being targeted for assassination. Releasing their personal information to criminals will only further endanger them. Stand with law enforcement. Defend the police. Your Island, live and local, with your host, Tom Shalero, on 103.9 LI News Radio. And once again, welcome back as we're rounding third, heading up to the two o'clock hour. Like I said, we had some of the best minds, the political minds in this state on our program during this last two hours. We've got Doug Smith in the studio. You heard from Nick Langworthy, head of the Republican Party, and Frank McKay also. In addition to, right now, during our last segment, we have Will Barkley. Uh, Will is the Assembly Minority Leader and uh, taking time out from his busy schedule to fill us in. We are analyzing the dark cloud over Albany right now, particularly with the governor and how people are very, very upset about this. Assembly Minority Leader Barkley, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Tom. Uh, thanks for having me on. I don't know if I qualify as a great political mind, but... I know you have Doug Smith there, and I consider him to have a great political mind, so maybe he can uh, make up for any of the uh, infirmities I may have in my mind. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, your uh, your uh, way of putting that 
Uh, I don't think a lot of people agree with you. Uh, people are now looking for leadership in Albany right now. They're looking for leadership at a time where you have a governor that is calling an assemblyman, threatening that he's going to destroy him, is essentially walking away from this. He's not taking responsibility. He's saying, well, we could have done a couple of things differently. People have died, Assemblyman. I mean, so when you think about it, uh, we are looking for that leadership, and we're hearing it, and I'm sure all of what you contribute and what Doug and, and Nick and, and Frank all contribute, I think for the most part, is where the leadership comes from now. And with that, yeah. I would ask you... Go ahead, get get uh, Yeah, Tom, I, you hit the nail on the head. I think people are angry, and rightfully so. As you know, we've had 15,000 uh, fatalities in nursing homes and assisted living facilities, and the families of those people who tragically died want answers, and they want accountability. And I think that's what we ought to do in government. And sometimes that means standing up when it's not comfortable. Sometimes it means calling out people when it's not comfortable. And, uh, you know, the governor is known as being a tough guy. As you see what he did to Ron Kim, some might even consider him a bully. But uh, just because someone's trying to intimidate you doesn't mean you back down. It means you continue to push forward to try to get the answers. And, frankly, we owe it. We owe it to those people and those families. So I know Doug and myself and the rest of our conference is going to keep pushing on this until we get those answers. And, frankly, there's no reason we can't. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've been trying to get our colleagues on the other side of the aisle to hold hearings uh, on this. We've petitioned the aging committee, we've petitioned the health committee, and the government oversight committee. I mean, of all committees, the committee's called the government oversight committee. You would think that would be the appropriate place to begin a uh, some hearings so we can get to the bottom, find out what's happened, and if there's wrongdoing, obviously hold those people accountable. And maybe most important of all, make sure that we can put policy in place so this tragedy doesn't happen going forward. Uh, so it seems to me we just got to keep at this. I know we're going to try to keep at it. And um, hopefully we'll have some success. Yeah. And we hope to move in, in that direction. Now, if you think about it, though, for a second, is it now the story have more legs to it? Won't now the Republican conference be moved into the mainstream and say, well, listen, we need your help. We've got to look into this thing. The uh, people here in the in New York State, I could see them rejecting your pleas a while ago. But now that it's found out, particularly with the revelations of what took place in the meeting with uh, uh, with, DeRo with Melissa DeRosa, that uh, there was a holdback. There was an obstruction of justice as simple as that. We're not not going to give them information because we don't want it to look bad upon us. I mean, it doesn't come any clearer than that. Right. So I, I agree with that. I mean, I think the we have been pushing, Doug and myself and others have been pushing to take away the governor's extraordinary powers since the summer because we've seen some of the decisions he's made. Whether it's you know, not having graduation, whether it's not opening gyms, you name it. And so there has been, a, I think, a wave out there, people very upset with the governor because they feel like he's just making these unilateral decisions. They're not necessarily based in public health or public safety. And then when there's a realization that they're not the right decisions, we don't, you know, it's not until, um, you know, weeks later that they finally are revoked. And frankly, I don't know if you saw that uh, New York Times story, but the Department of Health, they had 12 senior uh, members of the Department of Health resigned for that specific reason because they felt like the governor was making decisions that weren't, again, based in science, but maybe for political reasons, who knows what was motivating him. But then he wouldn't, he wouldn't change those decisions once they're made. So all that, I think there was an undercurrent of people being very frustrated with the way New York State was running. But then you throw the nursing home fatalities and the governor and Melissa DeRosa possibly hiding those numbers 
I think all trust now between maybe the citizens of New York State, but certainly the legislature and the governor has kind of gone out the window. And we're seeing now when we make these calls, for instance, taking away the emergency powers, we're seeing that there is a bipartisan, um, you know, we, we have members on the other side join us in this fight. So I think that could also uh, come about as further investigating whatever cover up there is. Uh, your thoughts on this uh, working with the uh, with the minority leader Will Barkley on how to to proceed further? Well, I think last night they released the full transcript of this secret meeting, and I think it's especially damning if you consider and, and your uh, listeners will remember the day I think it was August third that we held a hearing where we compelled the um, health commissioner to come in and testify, and he only stayed for about two hours. Meanwhile, there were about eighteen to twenty five other assembly members and senators, Democrats and Republicans, that had questions about. Out the nursing homes, but the governor extracted the health commissioner, and now we see months later this secret meeting that, thank God this was uncovered, because it really begs the question of how often does the governor have secret meetings with top Democratic legislators, but uh, if you read through the transcripts of this, these uh, these top Democrats were more concerned about their re-election campaigns. I have it here in front of me. Uh, Senator May, one of our colleagues, uh, just a quote here, what she said to the governor's office. She said, I'm not sure about anyone else in our colleagues here, but also, the other thing going on is that we were in difficult re-election campaigns and get ha- getting hammered about this every single day. And apparently my opponent even did a media uh, appearance today attacking me on this issue. And it goes on where she talks about how it's very difficult for them to defend the administration when it appears that they're covering things up. Now, I- I'm very disturbed that... Uh, this secret meeting had to occur where the governor essentially, it, it seems, is asking top legislators to be complicit in his possible criminal actions. Uh, I think that's uh, deeply disturbing. Party Leader Barkley, how often does that happen when you have political considerations when it comes down to some good government? I mean, I mean, I have to say, damn it, isn't there a time where you got to take the people into consideration, not whether you're re-election or how much money you could raise and so on, and then you mix it into life and death issues such as COVID-19 cases in uh, nursing homes and assisted care facilities that should never have happened? Is that something that we, the people of New York, should expect from Albany? Right. If there is a time to put politics aside and move forward, I don't know what it is. So absolutely. And I get very offended when people say, you know, we're playing politics with us. We're just being partisans. Uh, I think that's wholly ridiculous, particularly they, how can they possibly say that with a straight face? When meanwhile, they're having a private meeting with the governor uh, to circle the wagons and try to get their story straight of how they're going to deal with this for political reasons. So if anybody looks political, uh, it seems to me it's the my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. They're the ones that are being political, not us. We're trying to get answers. And what what possible could they say why we aren't doing hearings? Like, why aren't they doing hearings in the Assembly? Doesn't that call out for it? I mean, I don't know a clear message. And they should be having to answer for why they're not doing it. I can't give a reason other than political. Is that still the situation, though? Because it seems now with the uh, advent of uh, uh, the major media involved with this, you have CNN involved, MSNBC, you have the far-left media involved in this story right now, and they're not that complimentary towards the governor anymore. In fact, if anything, they're taking him on. Wouldn't that transcend itself now to an assembly committee, oversight committee on something uh, to look at this, uh, to finally say there's too much public pressure? Are you seeing that now? Are you seeing are they still being resistant? Well, let's hope so. We haven't, they have, the dam hasn't broken on that, but I certainly think you see cracks uh, in the wall. So, and that's why it's so important for 
Doug and our other Long Island members and all the members of the Republican conference throughout the state to continue to get out there, continue to make people let people know what's happening and continue to push for hearings so we can get to the bottom of this. And that's why today we're coming out uh, with a resolution to uh, impanel a, an impeachment commission, not because we're sure that crimes have been committed or that impeachment is where we have to go, but we have to have an investigation. And this is a little bit different than just having an assembly committee investigate. This is um, to have a bipartisan uh, commission set up and, uh, and also have it be both the state Senate and the assembly uh, to look at it. And I think that's, again, wholly appropriate to do. There does seem like there's possible crimes here. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but something has to do. We have to get to the bottom of it. And I think this is an appropriate vehicle to do that. Right. And it seems like uh, you folks, the leadership in, in the Assembly and the Senate, uh, are focused in on right now, again, as we said before, to do something. The United States attorney in Brooklyn is looking into this. The FBI is scrutinizing uh, some of the uh, procedures that were taking place starting from March last year with the nursing homes so on. So it's a serious issue. I mean, we can't right. dismiss it as politics as usual or ho-hum, big right. deal. So it's got to be focused in. Go ahead, go ahead, Will. And, and, Tom, you see how the governor's reacting. At first, they tried to say it was Trump's fault, but it's hard to blame Trump now that he's out of office. Uh, next, they say partisanship. And now they're attacking, uh, you know, my de fellow Democrat or my uh, colleague, uh, Ron Kim, for bringing it and bringing up an issue that's wholly not related to nursing homes as some sort of ethical challenge he may have, but is totally not related to nursing homes. I do think there's a little bit of a uh, panic button going on there on the, uh, by the governor. And, um, you know, they're going to continue to make these mistakes. And we just have to make sure that, again, we have the structure in place that we can uh, investigate all this and, again, hold people. I think ultimately it's about holding people accountable and getting answers for, the, for all of New Yorkers. You know, I, I have to go along with that uh, wholeheartedly is holding people accountable because if there was ever a time for a loyal opposition, which what you folks represent, particularly in the state assembly, the time is now. And uh, and I think your voice, the voice of the Republican minority uh, in the assembly and even now in the <coughs> state Senate uh, is, uh, is 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 almost focused in on to um, becoming almost relevant. And I hate to say that because a lot of people will call this radio station and say, Tom, this is a one party state. The Republicans are not relevant. But we had Nick Langworthy on. We have you on. We have Doug Smith on. It seems now that the voices are going to be heard. If there's ever going to be a good thing out of a bad thing, and this is a bad thing, people dying is a bad thing, and responsible as a result of government action or inaction or doing something that caused that, it's now time for everybody to get together. Doug, what say you? I mean, and, and it's funny, too, when you talk about who's being political here, because, uh, you know, people have called my office and said, you know what, that's all well and good. Maybe the governor deserves to be impeached. But then they ask, well, who will replace that governor? You know, couldn't you be getting something worse than what we have? And my answer to that person is, look, we need to make sure that the people of New York are led by a governor that has uh, not committed a crime. You know, the first of all, if crimes have been committed here, that is unacceptable. And that's what, you know, the people need to have confidence in their government. And, you know, when you talk about who's playing politics as well, I'm still looking at this transcript here. The uh, Senate Democrat, uh, James Skoufis from the Hudson Valley, he's the uh, chair of the uh, Senate Oversight and Investigations Committee. Uh, I'm just looking at one of the lines he says here in this Zoom with the governor's people, the secret 
secret meeting that they held. And uh, Senator Democrat Senator James Scoofus says, uh, I'm also not, uh, here we go. He says, I'm as frustrated as Republicans. I'm as frustrated as everyone on this Zoom and my colleagues here that didn't get answers, but I'm also not going to let Republicans bully me in a committee meeting and force subpoenas and act and to act politically. That's not how I work. By the way, defending you guys in one sense, but I'm just as irate as everyone else. You put me in that position, and so I want to know why it's taken six months to get these answers, and I welcome this conversation. We should be doing this more often, and I hope... The next, uh, however many hours you you're forthright. Why is this? Why is this answering a letter from August? And that again, that's that meeting, that secret meeting that they held on February 10th. So it's very disturbing to hear um, that this. By the way, this meeting would have never come to light except for the fact that one of these uh, people might have been a staff person. Who knows? That recorded this and leaked it out and said, "Hey, there's something wrong here in state government." And there are some good, honest people. You know, well, we're going to let you go soon. Uh, just final word on. You know, putting this whole thing in perspective, uh, is the governor even going to be around long enough for you folks to do your job in terms of looking into this and scrutinizing and so on? Could he resign? Do you hear anything? Uh, I can't imagine this man running for re-election next year. Well, uh, maybe not right now. I think it's maybe more concerning for him is what, you know, whether he'll get to re-election. Obviously, there's rumors flowing around that maybe he'll resign. There's some calls for him to resign uh, or maybe the criminal investigation will take, uh, you know, a, a bigger role. But there's, I think Doug mentioned, you know, who to replace. And interestingly, I heard from before the show, I heard from a political insider that they said something about uh, your county is at Cologne uh, trying to get in to be lieutenant governor. So if Cuomo does step down or has, you know, has to leave office, uh, he would become governor. I have no idea whether there's any truth to that or that's even a consideration. But if that rumor is circulating around, you know there's a lot of panic going on in the second floor in the Capitol. That is some rumor, I'll say, to, to, to think that uh, it, it could even go that route. It's amazing. I just somehow don't see this governor quitting because that's an admission of guilt. I mean, he just doesn't seem to have that. Yeah. Given the language that he uses and, and bullies some of the people that, that are around him, this is the stories that we, uh, that we hear. Once again, uh, Will Barkley, the uh, New York State Assembly Minority Leader, somebody that we're going to be hearing quite a bit about in the next year at a year and and following that uh, based on this uh, the scandal here well thank you very much and we hope to talk to you soon thanks thanks tom for having me man nice talking to you and uh doug we'll see you uh on monday thank you leader see you then yeah take care bye-bye Doug, that was a bit of a bombshell. Wow. Steve, Steve Ballone? Is yeah, that possible? It, incredible. I mean, it, it, it's certainly possible. I'll tell you right now, they're circling the wagons in Albany. They are just unsure of how this proceeds. So that that is very interesting news. Yeah. Our number here is 631-451-1039. I have a few more minutes left. Uh, it's been quite a show. Again, talking to, uh, and I'm going to keep saying this, some of the best political minds in the state, uh, the Republican chairman, the minority leader, of course, our own Doug Smith, uh, Frank McKay. Uh, trying to get a, a hold on this. And if anybody thinks that this is not an issue and not a big issue, then you probably shouldn't be living in New York State, although a lot of people want to leave New York State because of this governor. Uh, we have to care about our state. And, we have to care about the direction of the state. Go ahead. And, and it's just interesting to talk about a, a po post Cuomo era. So the fact is, you know, and I've heard rumors swirl about. I hadn't heard the one about, uh, you know, Steve Ballone, our county executive, but you know, uh, yet. But like, you know, all these thoughts, thought processes here, and it, it's it's difficult. And at the bottom, the bottom line here, when I think about it, as the assembly member for this community, I think about what is the right thing. 
And again, we need somebody to lead this state who has integrity. So, uh, you know, there's that old saying, if you shoot at the king, you better kill him. But my concern is we need to expose the truth. Wherever the truth may lead, the people of New York deserve it. They deserve better. They deserve to know what's going on. Joe has to say. Go ahead, Joe from Brookhaven. Joe, what say you? Uh, thank you. Let me double dip. Uh, what a show. Oh, my God. Great, great guest. I love uh, Assemblyman Smith. I really do. He's so brilliant. What a brilliant man. But uh, Como was on his prior to COVID. And apologies too late here, Tom. Uh, like uh, Nick Langway, it's too late for that. He's got to be trying to be impeached. Because I believe the death toll is probably a lot higher than what's going out. And our elderly is suffering right now. And they're still dying for his insane directive. And we need to do something about our elderly. Because Como doesn't care about the elderly unborn and disabled. Uh, it's not short of a monster. And did you see de Blasio's scathing comments today, Tom? Did you, you didn't mention it. I wanted to get that out there. I don't know if you mentioned that. On Como? Did you hear? You didn't hear that, Tom? Hello? Oh, I lost you. Did we still got Tom? Joe? We lost. Yeah, yeah, you're there, Joe. Oh, did you hear de Blasio's scathing comments no. on Como? Today? No. Oh, no. believes the assembly. Oh, he's scathing. He believes the assembly and Kim. He's got many calls, and he's had many calls just like that from Como. That's what he said. Well, this is, and I'll tell you, Joe and, and Tom, this is the Me Too movement, movement of the Democrats, of everyone coming to light saying, hey, this governor's called me up and screamed at me before, so this is very characteristic of this governor. And you can see it happening. You know, I, I know Ron Kim, and I've met the governor many times. Uh, this does not surprise me in the least. In the least. So that's that's absolutely, you know, and again, if something doesn't make sense, it's usually not true. So when the governor now attacks Assemblyman Kim and says, oh, I just said that people from Queens should be, you know, uh, models of integrity, that doesn't make any sense. Give me a break. We only got about a minute left. Let's get John from Ridge. It'll be the last call. John, give you about 30 seconds. Yeah, Tom, I just sure that Governor Cuomo goes down to Cuba and smokes Cuban cigars. <laughs> I heard stories about it. Well, he could be. I don't know. Ted Cruz is in Mexico while his state is a mess and people don't have water, electricity, or food, so I guess some politicians don't really give a damn. Cuomo, yeah, yeah. go home. That's it. <laughs> well, we might be sending him packing soon, but again, it's not for political reasons. It's because the people deserve someone who's honest and has integrity to lead the state. Yeah, amazing. Once again, uh, at the 2 o'clock hour, breaking it down with great Frank McKay coming up next, I want to thank, once again, New York State Assemblyman Doug Smith setting up a great program with all of our guests, Nick Langworthy. Thank him, Will Barkley, Frank McKay. Everybody have a great day. And by the way, folks, the word out there, be safe. The roads are bad. Stay home. Watch reruns of... The show, I guess. I could say. <laughs> Everybody have a great day. Be safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. These vagabond shoes are longing to stray.